Hi guys, my name is Mikhail Kuha and you're listening to The Conscious Podcast. Welcome to The Conscious Pod. My name is Carlos Cerullo and this is your place to cultivate wisdom, awareness, life insights to raise your being and become more conscious in your daily life. Hello, my conscious friends. Welcome to episode 50 of the Conscious Podcast. This is such an amazing milestone to reach. I honestly thought I wasn't going to get past like 11 or 12 episodes, but now we're at episode 50. I've had incredible conversations with all the amazing conscious guests, and it's allowed me to create so much conscious goodness in my life, but in other people's lives as well your feedback, your reviews, your comments, your shares, everywhere just means so much to me. And to have gotten to 50 episodes and had over 45 guests on the podcast that have shared so much wisdom, truth, vulnerability, and everything about their story has been incredible. And I want to thank everyone that's been a part of this, from the guests to all you guys as listeners. It's all been a collective in this. Everyone in the group that's given feedback, it has been an amazing journey. And I can't wait to bring you the next 50 incredible episodes. On this episode, I shared an epic conversation with the legend of a guy, Mikkel Kuha. Mikkel is a videographer, photographer, and creative director at Yogi Lab. We dived deep into topics including coming from life as a tradie in Adelaide, to now living and working in Bali, the dangers of being in a comfortable position you don't hate nor that you love, the overnight success 10 years in the making, controlling the controllables, his experiences at silent meditation retreats, the power of taking action, the compound effect, facing your pains and fears, giving more love, being vulnerable and opening up, and so much more. Mikkel is such an awesome and genuine human. I loved his energy. I loved his energy, wisdom, and his goal to bring spirituality to everyone. I really enjoyed hearing more on his story, his perspective on life, and his mindset. Powerful lessons in this episode. I really enjoyed this, and I hope you do too. Before we kick off this amazing podcast episode, I am super excited to announce something that I have just launched for everyone listening. I've been cultivating this idea for a few weeks and I wanted to give you all massive tangible value, somewhere where we could work together in a group to expand and raise our consciousness. I created the Craft Your Conscious Life 5-Day Challenge. Now, this will be a private group on Facebook where I will upload a live each day for 5 days on a different key topic. I've spent over 6 years and tens of thousands of dollars on investing in personal development growth seminars, mentors, coaches, interviews on my podcast to find these five key steps that all these people that were fulfilled, conscious, and living the life they want to live, that they were doing. And I implemented them in my life. And this has given me the incredible results and the conscious life that I love and live today. And I want to share that with you so you can be more intentional, more purposeful, more aware, and more conscious in your daily life. So all you have to do is go to the show notes and click down the bottom and there'll be a link 
to go straight to that Facebook group and apply to be in that. You can also go to Facebook and click on the Groups tab and type in Craft Your Conscious Life 5-Day Challenge and it will come up and you can click into that group. I cannot wait to share this with you and to see your conscious results. My brother, how are you? Good, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's good. What have you been up to today? Uh, today's, been, today's been good. Today's been good. Um, finally got up early on a Sunday for once. Yep. Headed down to the gym and um, onto my second coffee for the day down here with you. So it's good. It's Absolutely good, buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> so paint a picture. Where are we uh, right now? Right now we're up in Ubud, Bali in a um, really nice restaurant that has a giant tree growing through the middle of it. Zest. Um, little vegan hotspot up here in Ubud. And um, yeah, this is kind of my local. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Such a beautiful part of the world and part of Bali. Definitely uh, away from all the, I guess it's pretty touristy up here, but away from all the crowd that's in the main spots close yeah, to the airport. Yeah, it's a different type of tourist in Ubud yeah. compared to the other spots like Kuda and Seminyak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Here for a couple of days, so I was like, mate, Mikel, we need to sit down and finally record this podcast. Yeah, man. What are you most excited about in life right now? Right now for me... The thing I'd be most excited about would be stepping into a new role in a um, startup of the Yogi Lab that I'm a part of right now. Um, I'm excited, but then also a little bit anxious as well because I I picked up a camera 18 months ago. Um, and to give you guys a bit of context, like I'm stepping into a role as a creative director for a startup, which is going to be an online education platform in spirituality and personal development. Minus the bullshit. That's a big thing we're at. They'll get rid of all the fluffy shit and like yeah. what's the hard line lessons that we can teach people. Um, I picked up a camera 18 months ago to become a famous YouTube vlogger. What I learned after doing seven, eight <laughs> vlogs, no one really watched them. Yeah. Mum thought they were great. Dad thought they were great. Um, <laughs> Thanks for sharing your life, Mikhail. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put a camera down uh, for about six months because I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I really asked myself, you know, what would I do every single day whether I was paid for it or not mm. and that was create content so when the intention changed with holding a camera that's when like my attitude and attention changed um, so that's a bit of a background to what I'm doing now so I was doing videography when I came over here I linked up with some guys I actually had a guy on my podcast and they asked me to come on board with them I was doing videography and now I'm stepping into a role as creative director the reason I'm anxious about this is I came over here and became a full-time videographer after holding a camera for 12-18 months um, and now I've been doing this for six months and they're like, oh, yo, you're stepping into creative director now. And I'm like, YouTubing like creative director roles. <laughs> like, and I'm like, man, okay. Um, I was just getting comfortable and now it's like yeah. pushed into another role. So excited and anxious about that right now. Yeah. Learning to uh, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. It's exciting, man. I'm excited yeah. for you. We've been talking a bit before this and uh, it's amazing the things that you've got coming up. Mm. Um, so... For myself and for those that are listening that don't know much about you, can you give us a wrap-up of your life from start to where you are now and everything that you're doing? Ooh. Are going to put a timer on this? <laughs> you, can, you can rant. Go for it. Oh, man. Um, yo, I've done like 10, 12 different businesses around me having a job for the past 12 years. Yep. Um, I've always been looking for something. And I feel like a lot of people, I never know exactly what it looks like. And I was very naive to a lot of business ideas. 
Um, you know, I've done I've done network marketing for a couple of businesses. I've done email marketing, online marketing. I've had a dropshipping website in two different businesses. I've spoken at high schools. Um, oh, I've done done a little bit of crypto. Got like super lucky with that, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Because um, I've heard so many other bad stories. Um, oh. I, I forgot the job I've been doing for the last eight, nine years, which is interesting that I forgot that. Uh, bathroom renovations for the last eight years. Um, so that was a father-son team. I spent almost every single day with my dad. We're tight. Like, we're really tight. Stuff that goes down on a Saturday night when we go out with friends, dad knows all about. Yeah. Like, there's not much that I've done that dad doesn't know, um, which is really cool to have that relationship. And I guess I've done a lot of reflecting over the last five, six years. Um about who I was growing up in school. Like, I was I was the kid that made the teacher cry on several occasions because I just, like, I never felt seen and heard mm. as a man. So, for me, being never... I was always, like, a skinny, shorter kid. So, I was always, like, the loud one that had to prove a point. And, like, I was a bully at, at school. And coming out of that, that's why I felt like I always wanted to speak at high schools. Because mm. I felt like... I felt like there was a bit of remorse tied up in that like I need to like make this good and um, yeah through that I've as I've evolved I've been looking for this purpose and this like this thing I want to do in my life and one thing I feel a lot of people do is they look for this purpose and they think it has to be one thing and it stays like that but it's forever changing and forever evolving and for me it's all it keeps changing and a lot of people say like you know you always try something and you never finish it through I'm like well I'm not the same person one year later when I've been doing that and as your self-awareness grows, as you know, you start to realize, maybe this isn't for me. And being able to have detachment and, and step away from something like that is really hard when you've invested time. Like, yeah. I was doing bathroom renovations for eight years. And I sold my work van and came out of Bali. Like, that was hard, man. Yeah. That was really hard. I was like, good money. It was an all right. Like, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. And I think that's a dangerous place to be because I could quite easily slide into that for the next, like, next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so to wrap up my life, little bit of a dickhead in school <laughs> been trying to better myself for the last 10 years and i feel like right now i've um <laughs> when i started doing my own side businesses i was like yo 12 months bang we're gonna like make it yeah 10 years later i feel like now i'm finally just trying to yeah. like just starting to find that thing and i've done a lot of work from yeah. done a couple of apasnas i've done like five day intensives in vegas i've been to that many courses and seminars Always looking for something. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally realized I don't need to keep going to courses and seminars and I don't need a workshop to figure it out, I just need to start taking action. Yeah. And that's when I learned more about myself than anything else. Mm. Wow. There's so much we do have in common that we didn't talk about before. Yeah. Do you think... So what came up for me in that was like, do you feel like how you were so easy to move on to the next thing? Because you knew it was a matter of evolving and going to the next thing. Was there ever a identity crisis in that did you ever have that oh man I, I i'm this person because i'm doing this business now going to the next one you've lost that identity and and mentally that kind of overtook your thoughts or was it just not nah, done with this i'm on to this because that's got my interest now kind of um and what i mean by that is doing a business and they're like really really pushing it online like this is gonna be the thing this is gonna be the thing that, and then going to something else like that was hard because people are like, "Yo, like, you're that person. Are you yeah. even? Are you even legit? Like, who was that guy online?" And you were saying that was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was at the time. Yeah. Don't worry, I and can that, relate. And that's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Like at the time, 
Yes. Yeah. Now looking back, no. Um, and that's a big thing. When I started speaking at high schools, I thought I needed to be um, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like I thought, like starting an online business, I need to be like Gary Vee. I need to like grind, hustle. Like when I've met people that are multi, multi, multi millionaires that are just like a casual laid back dude. I'm like, oh, there's different ways to do it. Yep. You don't have to be like the people you see online. When I started speaking at high schools, I was posting motivational quotes. I was taking mm. the fun, happy photos with a quote and a lesson like bang, bang, bang. And it took me four years on trying to show up on social media to actually start being myself, mm-hmm. to start swearing to start admitting I was wrong, to be honest that I don't have it all together. Yeah. And that's when people are like, yo, like, you're happy. Yeah. When before I was trying to look like I was happy and people were like, eh. Mm. We've, got a, we've got a very acute bullshit, bullshit-o-meter sense yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in this generation because we're continually bombarded with stuff online mm-hmm. and it's in our face and someone's always trying to make a sale. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, y- like, in... Going to the real story, sharing the real story of everything, being super vulnerable, that's when you found that fulfillment and people started connecting with you. Yeah. 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 And when people could see I was living what I was talking about. Yeah. Like the amount of times I told people, you know, chase your purpose, do this, do that. And then when I actually sold them my shit and came to Bali, people like, the amount of DMs I just like randomly come in, like that people are just like, yo, it's fucking really cool what you're doing. Like people that used to hate on me online for the shit I posted. Mm. Like, we'd literally tag their friends in it, tag their other friends, and then they'd all just, like, give me shit. Those people are still following me. Mm-hmm. And they're still, like, looking at my stuff, and they're still watching. And <laughs> I, I used to come from a place of trying to prove them wrong, yeah. and I spent a long time doing that. And when I could actually <clears throat> see within them parts of myself, mm-hmm. when I see in other people, like, I act like them, a li- I, th- I don't act like them, but I think like yeah. them. And when I've got nothing but love for them, it, that shit doesn't trigger me at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And I used to say... See, this is the difference I was t- talking about before. I used to say it didn't when it did. Now it doesn't, and it actually doesn't. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's it's a bad fuel to be burning, to be looking at someone and going, oh, man, especially someone that you look up to that's in a, in a higher spot, let's say, in business and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and you're hating on them, that's not fuel... And, and then trying to get back at them from a, a place of almost revenge... That it's bad fuel. Mm. Like you're putting diesel into a petrol car. There, it's it's mm. not good. You need to be coming from a place of love, and that's when everything just starts to expand for everyone. Why can't we just be happy for each other mm. to all win and help each other? Mm. Something that's been going through my head the past couple of weeks. I'm just like, the more I support you, the more it supports me in so many different ways. Yeah, and that's doing it unconditionally as well. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's cool to come over and try to help people out, but. When I first, the reason I've done so well in Bali, so, and I know there's a lot of videographers on this island and a lot of photographers that are fucking a lot better than me, but I know my network and business skills are better than theirs. And that's why I've secured a position over here so quick. So many people come over here, try to make something happen and leave. I know my strengths and I play to them. And it's also like, like I said, that conditional thing. Like I'm happy to come over here and have someone on my podcast and shout them out and make a video for them with no expectation. Yeah. It's like being, it's like all those cliche quotes I always say on my podcast, like all those cliche quotes are normally true and they're annoyingly true. Yeah. You're like, fuck, mum was right. Treat others like how you want to be treated, like yeah. things like that. Yeah. Love that. So would you say that you're living your purpose right now? As of right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm over here with a group of guys that are also some, like have now become some of my best friends. Um, we're creating we're creating a platform to just 
help people level up in their life, whatever stage they're at. I spent a lot of my, my time trying to build businesses chasing the dollar. And when I stopped doing that, that's when the dollars and opportunities started coming in. As cliche as it fucking <laughs> sounds, and people used to tell me that all the time. I was like, yeah. sure, 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 but this is going to make money. Um, so, yeah, I'm with, my, I'm with, like, four guys that are, like, my best friends that never call each other out but call each other forward. And if you're not showing up in work, they're like, yo, how can we support you right now? Mm. Like, why? Like, we know you can produce this. Why aren't you producing? And it's not direct. Like, why aren't you producing it? It's like, what have you got going on right now that's stopping you from performing at that level? How can we support? Do you need a day off? Do you want to, like, this? Like, it's not like, yo, you're doing shit. Man yeah. up. There's a big difference, too. Mm. One's coming from, like, not a negative space, but it's more of a pressure space, whereas the other one's like, how can we serve you? Or help you step up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. It's um, it's crazy to think now that before I came over to Bali, I I don't know how I knew, but I knew I was going to make it work over here. I had so much self belief within myself that was like unwavering. Like every day, um, I tell a lot of people when I first like a lot of people come over here. Like I said, trying to make it work. Yeah. I came over here, and in the first two months, I'd sent like 150 DMs, and I never counted how many didn't write back, but the ones that like. Okay, you sent 150, 40 people right back. 20 turn into a conversation. Eight turn into jobs, two turn into paid jobs. That was legitimately the statistics of yeah. me just messaging every day, every day, every day. Mm. And then I'm a big believer, like, there's a book called The One Thing by someone Keller. Gary Keller, I think it is. And I'm not a big reader, but I read that and it agreed with everything I've ever thought. You know, you're always, for me, it's one photo, one video, one contact, one relationship away from a completely yeah. different life. And it's just keep showing up, keep doing that. And then when that one connects, you're like, yeah. fuck yeah, okay, now what? So did you have, to have that self-confidence to move over and go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. And to be able to deal with that, I guess the rejection of all those people, not saying no, but even not responding. A lot of people hold back because of that. They go, oh, I don't want to send 100 and only have two come back. That's a shit ratio. It's like, yeah, but those two could change your life. Was there a vision in place? Or was it just you came over knowing that you're going to make it work or did you know I'm going to be this is what I want from coming over X, Y, Z and then coming over you had the purpose of doing sending the DMs doing the things that you had to do the vision I thought I thought I was going to start a production company over here I like I started over here just shooting bikini models all the time I thought I was going to do brand deals things like that um, and then I was going to start really narrowing down on entrepreneurs and professional sports people. Like one of my dreams was to create a vlog series for an NBA player, travel it around, do that. Um, my vision was a few different things, and I always knew it was going to be storytelling. But then it was when <laughs> the founder of Yogi Lab, I didn't realize I was chatting to him at the time, and he was asking me like, when I done my first video for Karma House, which is a um, tattoo temple workspace and like charity um, they put a lot of money towards charity here in Bali. And I didn't realize Yogi Lab and Karma House are interconnected. And I didn't realize I was speaking to the founder of Yogi Lab at the time. And he said, it's cool you're doing videography and that. But like, what, what is it you actually want to do? Like, what is the niche within the niche? And I was like, I want to start, I want to have my own Netflix docker. I didn't know at the time that's what they wanted to do as well. Mm-hmm. But like when I was like sharing my dreams with everyone I fucking met, someone's going to go, oh, you know what? I know a guy. Mm. And that's a big thing that comes back to the messages and not holding back. Like, if someone doesn't write back, that's cool, but you've sent that message in six months' time. They'll be like, you know what? This guy hit me up, and maybe, like, it's just that one thing away. So, yeah, I had a vision, 
but it it didn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is so cool. And especially on the point of you never know who's going to know someone. Yeah. So if you didn't take that action or even, even talk to that guy, completely different life. Yeah. Or different opportunities. Whether yeah. good or bad, I'm sure you would have made the most of the situation, but at least you had the confidence to say what you wanted. And now, yeah, look what you're doing now. Yeah. And it's controlling the controllable. It's like you can only control the action you take, not the result. Mm-hmm. So if, you just like, if you're focused on the result all the time, it's going to weigh you down, man. If you're just focusing on the action, showing up every day, putting it in, putting it in, putting it in, it's like you're, you're always winning. Mm, always one step closer. Yeah. So what is success to you? Success to me. Ooh. Success to me would be continual growth, following something you're passionate about, whatever that looks like, um, wherever that is. Um, yeah, man, it's such a basic question, but something that like is very hard to describe. It, it comes back to like being happy with what you're doing, and then it's like, oh, define happiness. Um, success is just continually moving towards that goal that you're aligned with. And building awareness to knowing what you're aligned with is the first step, and then moving towards it continuously is the next. Because if you're doing something you fucking really enjoy and you're passionate about, it's a lot better than what a lot of people are already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Having fun every every day for me, it's a success. A friend asked me what I get out of bed every morning. And it was I, I had this really long-winded answer that was going to sound amazing on the podcast and everyone's going to think I'm like um, <laughs> spiritually, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, all that. And I was like, yeah, just have fun every day, man. Yeah. So success for me is having fun every day and moving towards a goal that I fucking, I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We've got to enjoy life. Yeah, man. And help yeah. everyone else enjoy it too. Yeah. 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 What are you most proud of in your life? What am I most proud of? My relationship with my parents. Um, the more... So being in Adelaide, you, I, I felt like I had the same experience of life, almost the same experience of life every day. You know, you go to work for eight hours, you go to the gym, you stand next to the same people in the same gym, franchise gyms, headphones in, you don't really speak to anyone there. Then you might go to the, a different club on the weekend or a different breakfast spot, and then it's like that rinse and repeat. Um, what I've learned a lot in meeting a lot of people over in Bali, a lot of people are traveling through, a lot of people you meet, because when I first came over here, I managed a party hostel for a couple of months, and I met a lot of people. And here I'm still meeting different people every single day. And one thing I've realized is so many people are like, yo, you and your parents are like really tight. Like, and it's cool to see. And I, had, I just thought that was everyone had that. Yeah. Everyone. And then I'm speaking to people like I mentioned before, a girl um, I'm close with at the moment moved to Bolivia at 16. Like it's a dangerous fucking place, man. Mm. Um, and had like really strong disconnects with her parents. I've met people that have never met their dad. I've met people that are adopted. I've met people that like have had parents cheat on them and, all this stuff, I've just like, I never even contemplated that story with what I have. Um, like I said, my dad's my best mate and so is my mum. We've got a group chat over here in WhatsApp, like <laughs> Mikel and Bali, and they, they watch my Instagram stories all the time. And um, I know they're people that I can go to with anything. There's no filter between us. And even to just have a good relationship with your parents. But 
they're not just in that box of parents. Like, I speak to my parents about parents' things. I just speak to them about everything. And that, that'd be something I'm most proud of, yeah. Mm. As you were saying, like, it's not... I, I've just... Very similar. I'm very, very close with my family um, and my parents. And then when other people are talking about their experience, which is, there's no better or worse. It's just everyone's got their own experiences. Where they don't have that, it just makes me so grateful Mm. for the relationship that we have. Similar, we've got a group chat. And my dad posts gifts, like takes the piss out of me, out of my brother, and it's it's hilarious, and it's like, it's a good thing to be in, especially now my little brother's eight, turning eighteen. Mm. He's got that maturity to be in the chat and to you know make fun of me, make, make fun jabs. of my sister yeah. and stuff. And it's 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 fun to be like that because I left at sixteen as like really young, away mm. from my family, so I didn't get to have that relationship. But now being um, you know twenty four and being able to have that relationship is really nice, and it's it's so mm. much support and love that I always had. But now I appreciate it because I was away for so long and didn't have it right next to me. And now that I'm traveling heaps, it really shows me that I am super grateful and how much that relationship means to me for my um, support and love Mm. in my life. And uh, yeah, it's so awesome to hear that you've got that as well as a support network. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, i got a brother. Yeah. He is um, 12 years my senior. So he's 42 now. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. You just gave away your age. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, do I? <laughs> awesome. What's the worst thing that has ever happened to you? And how is that the best thing that has ever happened to you? The worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I know you sent through this question before, but I've been playing with a couple of things. and yeah. There can be a few. Mm. So I've had a lot of very strong experiences in med- meditation over the last few years, especially in the last six months going to two Vipassanas. Um, if I told you some of the shit that went down on the... L- so explain a Vipassana. A Vipassana. So, For myself yeah. and the listeners. <laughs> oh, you don't know. <laughs> heard, so, the, heard the term, but yeah, no. Okay. So a Vipassana is essentially um, a meditation technique that was taught by Buddha back in the day, which like back... By thousands, yeah, I yeah. think it's thousands, um, and it's everything stripped back to its essential core. So you know, a lot of people will have modalities and techniques where they've added something or taken something away. This is essentially how it was taught then. It is ten days of a silent. It's it's not a retreat because I, I like to call it a course because it's mm. fucking hard. Um, so it's ten days. Check in on the first day. Silent, silent. Yeah. No eye contact. No exercise. No yoga. No notebooks. No books. No phone. Nothing. So you've got the the guy, uh, the men and the women are separated. The one I've been to, I've been in Malaysia and Sri Lanka. Um, yeah, so ten days, and your day looks like wake up at four, meditation four thirty to six thirty in the morning. You have a breakfast, hour break, meditation for an hour, lunch, meditation for an hour, fifteen minute break, meditation for an hour, dinner, two hour meditation. So essentially, you're doing like a ten hour a day meditation just sitting on a pillow and I've got tight hip flexors man so it's not fun I can't even cross my legs <laughs> so that if you if you've got shit you've never dealt with it'll come up through that if you're prepared to deal with it so sitting for that long you get some crazy pains come through and it's really up to you if you want to face off with it or ignore it you can move you can always adjust to suit, to like kind of avoid the pain and you know, it's a big belief that a lot of our trauma is stored in our body. 
and working through that energy flow, like you essentially scan your body, top to bottom, and you have like little explosions like come off. And yeah, by day by day five, just give you like one quick story on what happened. I had three like bang 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 quicks. Like I saw my dad die three different ways. And I was just like, fuck. And I'm not allowed to message home. I'm not allowed to speak to anyone, anything. I have to sit, just sit in this. And I'm like, yo, something's happened. I need to contact home. I need to, I need to contact home. This was like two days of this, man. And then it really like, like I was in, a, I was in one of my meditations and it just really hit me. And I'm like, yo, I am so thankful for the last eight years I've got to work side by side with my dad and what we have. Like if he was to pass away right now, what I'd what we've had together is fucking awesome and it's hard to say that but in the moment I was like I'm so appreciative of that what I looked at when I came out of the course was it was my body or my mind thinking like what's the most dramatic situation right now that Mikel can get out of this and contact back home and that was just is your body playing tricks on you man the amount of things it brings you up to get out of that uncomfortable because it wants to keep you safe essentially um so that's Vipassana <laughs> It's wow, yeah. yeah. It seems like, like there'd be a lot of resistance from a lot of people going into this. Yeah, and also it's only two meals a day, and then fruit at night, and it's mainly a vegetarian-based diet, and some places do vegan. So there's a lot of fasting involved too. Mm. Um, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's so like, why? Why did you go? Like, what gave you that? You know. So the be- going back to that best and worst thing, yeah. I've had some very strong experiences in meditation. And one of them was, so I was scared of the dark up until like 25. And for a man to admit that, it's like, what do you fucking mean you're scared of the dark? It's like, I was legitimately scared of the dark. I was living in a house with three of my best friends and I'd go to the kitchen at night to get a water and as I'd walk down the hallway, I'd vision someone popping out or something coming behind me or something mm-hmm. like whatever it was. My mind would just play and I couldn't watch scary movies and stuff. This is all derived from when I was eight years old. I was like laying in my bed. And you know how when you're a kid, you're always safe under the covers? And I heard this little girl laughing in the corner of the room, like laughing. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, and to this day, I swear I was awake and I heard this and I was like, hello, hello. And she was just giggling. And it was like that creepy, creepy, like young girl, like laughing. <laughs> I, I fell asleep that night. And ever since then, like I was just like, I get goosebumps now talking about it. Um, and then I was like... I went through a stage where I was meditating for like every night for two weeks. And I was sitting in my bed in that same house I mentioned before. And I'm sitting there, legs crossed. And I'm about 20 minutes in. And I feel like the, the room just go cold. And this, I like to explain it like Harry Potter, the Dementors. Mm. It wasn't that, but it felt like a big energy that slipped right under the door and came up over the bed. And I'm talking like 10, 20 foot high, like over me. And I felt like a little boy sitting on this bed. And I had a voice inside saying, Mikhail, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes, open your fucking eyes right now, open your eyes. And my heart rate was pulsing. I was getting hot, like I was getting flustered. Mm. This other voice was like, don't open your eyes. And it was like so calm. And I just listened to that. While, and it's like I was listening to two while I was taking all this like going around me. And I swear, like if I was to open my eyes right then, I would have seen this thing like towering above me. And then all of a sudden, like, whew, the room cleared. It went out the door. I sat for another five minutes. I came out and I was like, I felt light. Yeah. And I'd never been scared of the dark since then. Whoa. So like for me to do two weeks of meditation sporadically, half an hour here, 20 minutes here, that to come through, when I got offered a chance to go with the guys from Yogi Lab to a Vipassana, I was like, fuck yeah, let's see what's on the other side of it. Yeah. So that's like, like I said, that's the worst thing 
been that having that experience at eight years old that I, I carried for a long time. Um, to that, it being that would have affected thing. your life in so many different ways. So many. I had friends that lived down the road 200 metres from me, and when I'd walk home from their house, I'd run home. Yeah. It was 12 o'clock at night. Like, I'm fucking 16 years old, and I'm living in a really nice neighbourhood. Yeah. Like, a lot of that shit, I've never really... I'd, I didn't share with anyone that I was scared of the dark until I'd overcome it, and then I told them about it, and they're like, oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't want to want them to think something different of you yeah and yeah. I felt like since I'd I'd overcome it then I was more comfortable to talk about it because yeah. like oh that's not me now that's yeah. like yeah yeah go sit out in the dark now <laughs> yeah yeah I'm good I'm good <laughs> but that's awesome that you, you're so open to that and you were able to get to that transformation state now that could be not the right word transformative state like a transformer. Um, like but that. be able to overcome that just through meditation. I think that's awesome. You didn't have to go to the jungle, do plant medicine and all no. that. It was a, a meditation. Yeah. And, and just breaking down those walls of resistance mm. to face exactly what you're facing. Like that thing about your dad would have been like, I know I've had it before where it's like, even if I'm water fasting for two days, mm. your body goes, just eat. No one's going to see. Mm. Like, Why? But it's, it's the resistance of your mind of the old habits you want to break through. So mm. for you being in that state, man, even sitting down, you have to sit down the whole time, yes? Yeah, like you've got a few pillows you can use. Yep. Um, some people, like you can lean against the wall, but they really don't, like, they prefer you not to. Some older people can have little chairs to sit on, but essentially the pain's always going to come up. It's just when are you going to face off with it? And then eventually it's like, it's like this euphoric feeling, and you learn that pain is just, you're just subjective to the pain. Like, you're, you're labeling it as a bad thing. It's not good or bad. It is what it is. And if you... Now I can sit here, like, my back's sore right now sitting here like this. But it's just, like, choosing to ignore that. Eventually, it'll go away. Mm. If you have ever, ever sat in medita- meditation posture for long enough, you'll realize pains come up, and they go. Mm. They come up, and they go. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. I highly recommend everyone to do it. But <laughs> I, um, at the same time, don't ask me on day six of one, because I... I will... Yeah. 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 It, day four is the hardest for me. Yeah. Because I've done four days. I've still got four more plus another two. So it feels like eternity. So it's 10 days. It's 10 days, yeah. Wow. What is the best advice you have ever been given? Oh, that'd be a quote I always recite to my friends. Um, and it's hard, man. Like, where you're going, not everyone can come. And walking away from friendships, relationships, opportunities, that sometimes it doesn't make sense at the time. Like everyone's telling you, um, and you know how close I am to my mum and dad, the amount of times my parents have told me or tried to convince me of what I want to do is, is wrong. You know, so we're going, not everyone can come. And that, that doesn't mean, that doesn't only mean walking away from toxic friendships and relationships. That also means walking away from some of your best mates. Like, I left two of my best mates um, back in Adelaide to come over here. I didn't know anyone. That was hard, man. And as much as I'd always wanted to have them side by side, they're doing their thing, I'm doing my thing, I just had this unknowing certainty that I needed to come to Bali and I was going to meet someone and I was going to make it work. Um, Yeah, you you need to listen to what's going on inside. And (laughs) no matter how crazy it seems sometimes, because it could be a complete failure but they're the things that we always look back on in 10 years that I met someone while I was traveling in this part of the world or doing this and they always come back and 
when you really follow and trust in that. And I've never met more people over here than I have anywhere in the world where they've followed that and they're just making shit happen. Like, there's people in here making money on shit I've never heard of, like niches on niches on niches. I'm like, people, that's a thing? <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. And they're like, yeah, that's just what I want to do. Yeah. Mm. It really opens it up, that, and I've realized it as well, that, like you said, you said it right at the start. If you know what you love and you do that, that's the ultimate win in life. Doing things you love and enjoy, there's always ways to make... Where it's 2019. We can make money on the you, internet. I'm glad you got that yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 18, and I'm like, it's 19, yep. Carlo. Um, back to what you were saying on sometimes the people can't come with you. Mm. Is that because they don't align with your values moving forward? No, that they align with my values 100%, but like physically. Yeah. They physically can't come to Bali. Yeah. For me, that was that. So you're still, just to clarify for everyone, it's you're still friends with them. Yep. You still have the great relationship with your family, yep. but sometimes you physically need to move and do other things. Yeah, I, and I, I believe it's both. For me, it's like more of a physical thing moving to Bali, but then there's also friendship groups back at home that are like, when I want to go out and drink, they're my boys. But... Like, the group chat's going up all the time. I'm not really checking it. Yeah. Because, like, what I'm doing has got nothing like nothing to do with that right there and then. And that's a big thing I've seen. A lot of people step away from friendship groups and then kind of, like, compare and be like, I'm not going to hang out with you because you do this now. And it's like putting yourself on a pedestal because you meditate every night. Yeah. It's like, fuck that. There's, there's aspects of friends that I know, like, I've got some friends that I don't align with their values around what they do, whether it's, like, business, relationships, that, and that's their shit. But they're nice to me, and we enjoy like a beer, or we enjoy playing basketball together. That's cool. Yeah. Like I don't, uh, I, I see a lot of people. They start to personal development, and they feel like they need to cut people out. It's mm. like you don't. You can still see that guy once a month, once every two months. Yeah, it's just not every day, every weekend, because it doesn't align with where you're going or what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I've met someone that's in the same sort of understanding of that because it's like I have again group chats going crazy, yeah. and when I'm in Melbourne. I'll be like, I'm back, let's catch up. It's never like, oh, you guys are doing this, so that means I'm here, you're there. It's like, no, I'm doing my thing. They know that I'm doing my thing. And to check a group chat all day, every day of, Mm. there's a lot of shit in there. (laughs) A lot of funny stuff too. But it's like, I've got stuff I need to do and prioritize. Mm. That doesn't come there. But when I'm in Melbourne, hey guys, let's go for dinner. We're all there. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have, there's definitely situations where you have to cut people, Mm. but you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Limited. And I think that's about doing it smartly as well. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self? Nah. The shit out in school. (laughs) Man, that little kid. Um, To not only be gentle with others, but be gentle with yourself. I'm very... um, What's the word for it? I'm I'm very... I expect a lot of myself and I'm... continuously reevaluating what I've done and where I've been and comparing to others um, dropping that that comparison um, that's there's certain things that we all live with and mm-hmm. one, of, one for me is comparison and it's not something I feel like I've gotten over but I'm living on the other side of um, and it's like it's one of those cliche things um, comparison's the thief of joy and you can be doing so well in 99 aspects of your life. Um, but if you're comparing that 1% that you haven't got covered, it can it can make everything else seem like you're not doing that well. Um, so that 16-year-old kid, I'd say don't be in such a rush 
to get a job. I dropped basketball, which I absolutely love, to earn a few hundred dollars a week. Being a hydro-ceramic technician, which is actually a dishy in a restaurant, but that was my job title. Um, don't be in such a rush to Say get... Say it again. Hydro-ceramic technician. <laughs> I love my head chef for that title. Um, <laughs> don't be in such a rush to get, to get a job. Be in more of a rush to find out what you're passionate about. Um, especially now, in 2019, as you mentioned before, you can make money doing everything. You can you can start a YouTube channel and talk about Pokemon still, and you'd be able to like blow that up. Like, really figure out what you want to do, and it don't make it fit into the paradigm of what you believe work has to be right now. It can be working on a laptop in Bali. It can be working Friday night to mo- uh, Monday morning producing music. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be a Monday to Friday thing. Like, really let go of everything you think work is and define that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Would he listen? Hmm? Would he listen if you told him that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but the purpose would be there. <laughs> yeah. He might remember it yep. 10 years later. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Love it. How do you think people can become more fulfilled in life? How can people come become more fulfilled in life? Um, getting uncomfortable. Doing shit they hate. Um, everyone says do what you love, but when you really do what you hate, that's when you really find out aspects of yourself. Um, and that's from like, if you hate running, go for a run every morning and see what that thought process comes up as. Um, to be f- more fulfilled is... To find more fulfillment is is to do more of the things you love, and a lot of people don't even know that. Like a big piece of advice I've given to some people is find three things you're good at and three things you love, and within that, that's that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll find fulfillment. That's where you'll find purpose, um, and that can change. Which I'm going to contradict myself, and it, yeah. it, can, it can change. <laughs> so find it, and if it changes, it changes. Like you said, life's evolving. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't don't be so caught up in the new car that your friends got or trying to live up to <laughs> things like that, man, because with the bigger paycheck comes the bigger house, becomes the bigger part of debt. And some of the happiest, and it's going back to this cliche thing, but the happiest people I've met, I, the happiest Mikel I know is the Mikel that's 30-year-old in Bali earning 10% of what he was earning back in Australia with a scooter that I don't even know if it's going to start every day. That's the happiest Mikel I've known. Um, yeah, really, really following that intuition and taking time to cultivate it. Mm-hmm. Start meditating. Start doing, and like meditating for me can be anything. It could be going to the gym and just like completely zoning out and just do it like not checking my phone, doing that, going for a run. Um, it can, yoga, I know I'm not much of a yoga guy, but it can be anything. And really just, really just checking in with yourself. Be like what you want to do and questioning like what's under that. Mm. Mm. I hope that was a good answer for you. It was. It was amazing. <laughs> what is most meaningful to you in life right now? Uh, my happiness and my practice. Um, I know when one aspect of my life slips, that's when other... It's like the messy, the messy room... It's not syndrome. But like when my room's a mess and I'm like, it doesn't matter. 
and then I realize my workflow is a bit messy and I'm a bit behind on projects. Like how you do one thing is how you do all things. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> What's most meaningful to you in life right now? <laughs> my messy room. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my happiness and my practice. Yeah, cultivating that and consistently consistently doing that because I know when I start when I stop my routine like I was a stage here where I stopped going to the gym for a couple of weeks and that's a big part of my practice I go five six times a week um, when I stop doing that I stop eating healthy and then I stop getting up early and then I have less energy to perform in other aspects so yeah yeah that's it for me man yeah if this was the last time you seen me and I asked you to teach me something tangible I can use in my life every day to improve my life what would you teach me that would be um, Vipassana. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't teach that. Sit um, in silence. Two things. Say hi to everyone you see. Um, hey, how you going? With a smile. Like, you'd be amazed at how many people are just fucking like, what, what, what? Like, what do you want? You trying to sell something? Like, what's going on right now? Um, yeah, going first in saying hi or going up to someone and being like, yo, that's a dope top. Like, that's, where'd you get that from? They're like, oh, like, that could be someone's favorite top, man. And they're like, oh, yo, like, yeah. that could change that. But the one tangible thing, and this is one that I absolutely love that I implemented when I came over in, here in Bali, is three by three by three. So, for me, I wanted to build a videography business here. So, it's three new contacts every day, whether that's a DM, um, a message, a phone call, meeting someone in a cafe, whatever that is. Three new contacts every day, three follow-ups on people you've met, and those two a lot of people think are what makes it work when really this last one is so the follow-ups eventually at first you'll be like i've only got three people to follow up on i've only got three but then like three six nine and then all of a sudden a seven day week you've got 21 and then the next one it's like that compound and eventually probably you're not going to speak to all of them but there's going to be certain ones you connect with but the last one is three points of love into someone every single day three different people every single day Mm. and going back to that conditionality is that a word Mm. we can make it one (laughs) Um, going back to being unconditional with that and not just ticking the box on that one I feel like a lot of people get told to do certain things and they just tick the box in it so it's like um, if a just, group, just say your ten gratitudes, like yeah, yeah. just write it down. Yeah, and I'm, thankful, like I'm thankful for breathing and being alive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay, cool. Now where's my coffee? Um, being like, yo, like Carlo, I fucking really respect what you're doing, and it's so cool to see you showing up and doing that every single day, and giving people a space to do that too. Doing that for people, man, and like, mm. I, I know what it feels like when I get a message like that from someone, and then doing that to someone, and like some people don't even reply. Mm. Some people do. And you're like, cool, no worries. Like, but it's, it's unconditional, like, like you said. Unconditional. So if they reply, that's that's them. And that's yeah. what, like, old Mikel was like, yo, the business, like, three new people, cool. I can, I can get a job off them, and then I can, if I can turn that into X amount of dollars, and if I speak to this amount of people, then I can earn this amount every week. When it was just like, fuck all that. That last one is the one where people are like, yo, you know what? I was actually, th- I saw you come up the other week in my socials, and I was thinking maybe you could link up with, like... It's, it's that going first thing again, man. Yeah. And that's, that's something that's really helped me build here in Bali. Yeah. So those, those three pourings of love, are they from the people that you've talked to in the th- anyone. first two, three? It's anyone. just anyone. Mum, okay. dad, yeah. someone you randomly see pop up on social media all the time. Anyone. Yeah. The what rock. Be- what a beautiful <laughs> thing to, to share with someone. Yeah. It is, man. Yeah. It's okay. so much more than just a message. Yeah. And like you said, unconditionally. So it's like if they respond... Amazing. If they don't, amazing. You've given 
mm. to them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. From a place of love. Mm. I'm going to start implementing that. Yeah. More. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It sounds easy. Sometimes start by one by one by one. And then work it up. How can I and the listeners find our purpose? And I know you did touch on this, but I want to see if it's the same answer. How can we find our purpose? Trying shit. <laughs> Continuously trying shit and getting it wrong. Um, I thought I wanted to be a high school. What do you mean? I, I thought you, did, you tried one thing and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I've done 10, 12 different things over yep. the years. Um, and at the time, I always thought that was it. Yeah. Um, I had thought I, for years in the back of my mind it was just this little this little pipe dream of speaking at high schools and being a motivational speaker so people always said I was good at speaking and I used to do that at a few events and that and when I spoke at a few high schools I actually left like on the drive back left being like I don't feel warm fuzzy and fucking over the moon like I've changed someone and like kids had like breakdowns in the room and we brought them back up and showed them like we spoke on bullying and self-awareness and that and I was driving away from those schools just like placid almost Mm. not excited not not full of love gratitude and I was like am I a bad person like I'm helping fucking kids and I don't feel happy about it and now I went through like a big stage of judgment on myself I'm like man maybe you really are a bad person and I forget what your question was. Oh, the, how to find the purpose. Because um, what you think it's going to feel like isn't always what it feels like. So like I, like I said, it was a pipe dream for five, six years. And then when I actually took action on it and made it happen, I was like, oh, oh, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I've got friends. I, I, like, I've got people that I know that are 40, 50 years old that are like, ah, I've always wanted to do that thing. I would have been good at that. You don't know. Mm. You don't know. There's so many people that say like, what if, should have, could have, all that. And until you actually do it, it's a lot different than what you think. Yeah. 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 And I, it's funny how we can relate on so many different levels. We're going to have a great chat after this. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's a big problem in society you think needs to be talked about more? Um, masculinity. Girls have, women have such a strong sisterhood, like the Me Too movement, um, women empowering women, um, the divine, like coming up in Ubud, the Divine Feminine, it's so many girls circles and girls groups doing their thing together as a collective, where guys, oh, I, I forget, it's like, I think it's like 60 to 70% of suicides in Australia are men. Um, it's about 50 to 60%, it's somewhere in there, I know, in a, 50 to 60% of men in America um, can't identify a best friend that they can confide in when they're going through some tough shit. Like, and when that hit, I was like, fuck, man. Like, a lot of people have shit they're going through, and they don't even know who they can talk to during that. So, um, men have a big problem in opening up, and, like, even for someone like myself, who's done a lot of work over the years and stuff, I still find myself holding on to shit and not bringing it up, because I'm, I'm someone, one of my things is I avoid confrontation. It's always happy, laugh, and kind of, like, mentioning that thing that didn't really, but turn it into a joke. Like, I, confrontation's something I avoid a lot of the time, and men need to know until I started opening up about the shit I was going through I didn't realise other people were going through that around me mm-hmm. like a lot of my photos are happy fun go lucky on Instagram and that's cool and everything and people see that but then when you're actually like yo like I was struggling with this someone's like yo me too and a big part of that like we were talking about the group chats with the boys 
And that can sometimes, when there's like a lot of masculinity within that, a lot of it can just just focus around certain things. One of them in particular being women and validation through that. And that's a big thing I used to always seek validation from. Um, sleeping with women. Um, and it was like this, this very short-term validation where it was never... It was just filling, it was filling the hole. And... <laughs> that's a terrible um it was just it was just filling the space where you know everyone's got their own shit and it's packaged differently some can be drugs girls and it can even be like good things like the gym mm-hmm. like being so entangled and wrapped in that it actually can be a downward thing um and i've noticed within the group chats of the guys i've got now sometimes guys will post screenshots of someone in a chat and kind of be derogative or talk shit and they don't really know and it's taken me and a couple other friends to be in there like, yo, man, like, like, really? Do you think, like, do you actually think she's done that or he's done that or they've done that or they were tr- this was directed at you? And until one person actually steps in and then the chat just goes quiet. No one says anything for half an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. And then they, they start taking self-analysis on them before they say the next something again. Mm. And it's like you don't need to tell someone they're right and wrong, but it's just a question why are you saying that. What, what part of yourself is choosing to focus in on that aspect of what someone else is doing. Um, so, yeah, that's something that really needs to be talked about. Men, especially masculinity. Um, I, I know toxic masculinity is like a hot word right now, but masculinity in a whole. Yeah. 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 It's, it's something that, <laughs> to s- spill the beans, there's a lot of stuff that we're working around with the conscious collective in terms of men's groups, but it's also not alienating the women as well from this conversation because we're all on this planet together. We've all got masculine and feminine energy within us and it's mm. being able to not even balance it. I think balance isn't the word. I think it's ebb and flow between. Mm. And being a man, like I come from a small country town. Yeah. Guys don't speak up there. It's you're a guy, you provide for the you know the women. Um, all the talks when I was there growing up was all how many girls do you sleep with on the weekend? Yeah. What was the scores in footy? Let's go grab a beer. Mm. And that's it. And... <clears throat> Being a kid growing up that always was in the girl circles, I was very in touch with the feminine side. Mm. And I was like, I don't agree with that. But I know that there's also there's benefits in that when it comes mm. to business, when it comes to life. So I totally agree on that. Um, what happened for you that made you get to that moment where you kind of woke up to, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be open and share that. Because I think it's a lot of, we hold back. Mm. So what was it for you that was like, man, if I just share what I'm going through, I'm being the real me, but it's also allowing others to do the same. I feel it's a bit like a muscle. You know, once you do it a couple of times, it gets easier to do and you get more comfortable doing it. And having having those really close, tight friends around me and people around me to allow a space to have that conversation. Um, and a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to cultivate that. And you need to just be... Like, think about it. You've got someone who's your friend, five, six years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. If you go to them with a problem and you're like... You start that conversation with like, yo, I've just... Some, something I really want to be vulnerable with you with. <laughs> something I'm really... I want to share with you that's really vulnerable right now. Like, where do you think they're going to come from? They're not going to be like, oh, bro. Like, so, sure, sure, some guys aren't equipped to handle that conversation and it's not comfortable for them. Yeah. But just doing that, like, even in the moment, the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, just, we'll grab a beer, man, we'll be sweet. Even if they say that, that's cool. They're not equipped to handle that conversation, Mm -hmm. but that's not going anywhere in their head. 
And that's planted a seed for them to potentially talk to someone else about it. So if you don't have the space to speak about it, sometimes you need to go first and create that space. Yeah. And that's that influence for other people. Oh, if he can ask and be open about it, maybe I can too. It's like giving permission. Yeah. Like back in the day, I know when me and all the guys used to always go to town all the time, a lot of people, we'd, we were in the same group, same circles. We wore similar clothes and then, like, say, say hypothetically, everyone wears black jeans all the time. Mm-hmm. Black jeans, black tee, black jeans, white tee. All of a sudden, someone in the group wears blue jeans and a white tee. And, like, you, you see it. A few of the guys in the group, oh, like, nice jeans, bro, like, yeah. taking the piss. And then a couple weeks later, more guys wear blue jeans. It's like, why now is it okay? It wasn't okay before, but why it is now? It's the same thing as being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, it's the fucking boys. And then someone shares something. And then it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can go there? Okay, I want to go there with this. Yeah. It's giving that permission. Permission to be yourself. Mm. Yeah, love that too. <clears throat> what impact do you want to have on the community, people around you, and the world? Um, I want to have an impact where people feel more comfortable to be vulnerable. To like, even just something like, and it used to, you go back in the day, like it wasn't to go see a therapist. People are like, yo, you're, you're crazy. You're like weird while they're suffering in silence. Like a big part of what we do with the Yogi Lab is create online education platforms. And it's like some people look at that like personal development, self-development. Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Like me buying that program is admitting there's a fault within me. And I can't let people know that. So bringing spirituality to everyone. Mm. And one thing for me was I always felt like it needed to be linguistically perfect and articulated in a way where people thought I was super intelligent. Um, And I've just really dumbed that down to like (laughs) basic language where people feel like, oh, yo, this is like an ex-tradesman from Adelaide in Australia that's just doing this and saying that. Like, that's relatable to me. Making spirituality relatable and accessible for everyone. Mm. Mm powerful you don't have to be a vegan yeah you don't have spirituality. to be or you should meditate daily but you know levitating on a yeah you know a rug in ubud <laughs> you can though you can. you can where oh no what does it mean to be conscious what does it mean to be conscious mm. i don't even know <laughs> i'm not there yet um it's it's a work in progress it's to be conscious is to play third position, which is like an NLP term in situations where first position would be seeing things from your standing point, second position would be seeing it from someone else's, and third position is being able to see the whole situation subjectively. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing with Vipassana. It's like never looking at things good or bad, and it's stripping every story back to just exactly the truth for what it is. Yeah. And when you sit in, like going back to Vipassana, when you sit in an experience in your life for long enough, you start to play out, oh, hold on. I was mean to her because this happened to me when I was 12 years old in a relationship. And I've been holding on to that. Oh, wait. But then she felt this way. But I, and it's like stripping all these stories back to the core essence of what it is. So to be conscious is to see things how they are. Um, it's always really hard because we're emotionally invested in, in lots of different aspects of ourselves and others. Um, but yeah, just stripping that back to the truth. And it's not your truth or their truth, just the truth. And in saying that, it's hard. Mm. When we go on about our day-to-day practice and someone cuts us off in traffic and our, our coffee was cold and we're in a shitty mood and then we get angry at someone for not filling up the water filter in the office, you know, like it's it's all these little things that come in every day and it's it's not 
it's not the truth of what it is just because your experience wasn't that. Yeah. Where can people see more of your stuff, your events, your work, all that? Um, yeah, cool. So I mainly hang out on Instagram at mikel.k, M-I-K-E-L-E.k. Um, that's pretty much where I'm mainly at. I've got a podcast, uh, The Project Podcast, but you'd have to put in my name to find that on iTunes because <laughs> people think you're spelling the project wrong, so they take you to other things. Yeah. That and um, if you guys give the... Uh, it's yogilab.com. That's our website launch in the next couple of weeks, so I'm not sure when this podcast is going out. And then uh, the underscore yogi underscore lab on Instagram is where we're going to be launching a lot of dope content in the next um, in the next few weeks coming up. Epic. And all that will be in the show notes as well, so they can click on anywhere they're listening to and cool. suss out all those details. Man, I just want to say thank you so much for meeting up with me in Ubud. It's been amazing, but also getting so real, raw, and honest and vulnerable about your story and like this is stuff I look I've known you for a couple of months now I think yeah. it was since November I started following you and got recommended you know you should check out Mikhail and everything he's doing listen to the podcast um, was super inspired and super impressed and I'm like so relatable but even chatting now it's like dude there's so much we have in common and I know we're going to have so many more conversations after this but even holding space for other people and really opening up that space to being vulnerable for yourself which then lets gives permission to others to do the same it's it's like i said i admire that so much in you and i love what you're doing and i can't wait to uh to see more of it thanks man i want to thank you for having me on as well it's um i know you're only in ubud for like a couple of days and um you've been hassling me (laughs) to come on here but um man i know i know what podcasts have done for me over the years, and that's why I initially started mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to thank you for that, man, because there's a lot of people that are just quietly listening along, and it could be that one thing that changes for them, or it could just be a collective of things they grab along the way that can just change their life, because podcast is something where my self-awareness and everything started for me. So thank you for... Um, hosting this space man uh, you are so welcome thank you so much if you want to get in touch with us guys you know where to do it Instagram all that sort of stuff we'd love to hear your feedback until next time take care peace thanks guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on our conversation hopefully you got some insights and values to raise your awareness if you like the podcast please like share on social media and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on I would really appreciate it You can also keep up to date on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, Both handles are at The Conscious Podcast and also my personal account, which is at Carlo underscore Cirillo. Until next time, take care and be nice.